Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for checking out our series. Uh, hopefully, if this is your type of thing, then you'll hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. A brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists. Discover some new ones. Know what's happening in the music world. Of course, you can find us at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you like to get your podcast from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with and hit subscribe. And I'm Kyle Meredith. Today I'm going to be talking with Declan McKenna, whose new record Zeros is one of my favorites of the year. We're going to be talking about how the uh, the concept of this record sort of takes uh, a wider scope, and I mean really wide out. Space, astronauts, where space is a great way when you're singing about it of uh, a way of looking at ourselves and Declan will kind of echo that sentiment we'll talk about how he wanted to write a song for each way the world could end and in real time here being uh, kind of trapped by the world we created the importance of questioning society's norms that makes its way into the songs as well uh, him being a very strict environmentalist and then with so much grand concept that kind of goes into this, uh, I, I do want to hear about what this is going to look like on the stage once the, the, that continues for a lot of people. So we'll talk about the uh, the theatrics in the live show and a lot of the exciting visuals that he's already got planned. Uh, some of the it's already kind of been out on the web already. Also worth noting that this is an interview that you can uh, you can see the version on YouTube as well. So let's get into this and discuss this record zeros. It's Kyle Meredith with Declan McKenna. Hi, how's it going? It's great. It's it's good to see you. Uh, first, I want to compliment you. You've got one of my favorite records of the year. 
I, I'm, I'm still finding new things in this record, Zeros. There's so much going on musically and lyrically with the concept and the story. It's, I, I loved your first record. You have far exceeded that. So I'll compliment you more as we do the interview, but we'll just start right on the top of the mountain right there. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you like the record. I am so bored of talking about it and I want to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready to release the thing. It's like, we re finished recording it around this time last year. So yeah, buzzing. But I'm so, so glad you like it. Yeah, I'm feeling, feeling excited now. It's been a bit like hazy for a while. Just like the album's lost in the ether. People keep talking about it. I'm like, when, when am I going to be allowed to release my album? But um, yeah, I'm buzzing. Yeah, well, it, it is uh, quite the masterpiece that you've put together. Uh, you know, I mentioned the concept. I, I figured we'd start about there because very quickly, even if you haven't read anything about the record, you get the feeling that something is going on. You know, even if you're just looking at the track titles, you know, um, that whole space thing comes up. I, I know really quickly that when we talk about space, when, when musicians talk about space, uh, it's often an opportunity to look at our own selves um, as we, as we kind of pull back. Was that the angle that you were coming at from this? Yeah. It was, you know, it's always about reflecting life and reflecting human emotions, but like, you know, finding the interesting ways to do that and finding the stories and finding, I don't know, it's a good metaphor and it's a sort of, I think I wanted to fill the album with kind of audio descriptions and, and things like that. And um, I guess I had an, an obsession with space from from a very young age. And then as I got older, an obsession with space art and you know a lot of glam rock and and movies and stuff and um i guess yeah space is kind of a way of looking at isolation it's a way of looking at something bigger than ourselves it's kind of it's kind of this great unknown that we uh i don't know pin a lot of a, a lot of things onto and then I, I guess i could tie it in, in in a lot of ways to kind of the personal and very human message that I, that I wanted to send out in the songs you know because a, a lot of the concept just kind of falls into place doesn't it um and I think yeah I was I was kind of trying to tell stories in that, that were very human but um that kind of I don't know look up for something bigger and maybe question why we do that so often so yeah the, the concept kind of started from this sort of fascination with with people really and why we are so fascinated with space and why we are so fascinated with you know stuff that's greater than ourselves and why we're always seeking something and that was kind of the basis but as I say you know the concept's never really the concept until the album's done because like I had a million different well I was like gonna like thinking like what I could do like maybe having one a song for each way the world could end and like that's kind of still on the album there's like a mm -hmm. flood an asteroid like I was thinking like each song to be that and like because like it is kind of about the world ending <laughs> um so there's like a little bit of that and then a little bit of this space thing and a little bit of this sort of one of the ideas I formed with my friend Poppy when we were drawing out sketches and things of like the ideas in the album was a kid was Daniel the main character be it living on like Pangea or like a Pangea like sort of rock uh and sailing out on a pedalo and that was like the story of the album was actually just a really dramatized version of someone just sailing out to sea on a pedalo and just escaping everything 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, so the concept came, came from an absolute mess of ideas uh, and gradually became a bit more grounded in reality and, um, and grounded in space at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> It's always amazing when, when something is created at one point and then ends up speaking to the time. That's happened with a lot of artists right now. I've found that even beyond obvious, the obvious things that's happening in 2020, I've, I've found it's really interesting that there seems to be something um, zeitgeisty uh, in the era about, like the words in, in other interviews that I've done, artists invoking the name Carl Sagan and the pale blue dot has come up so many times about, you know, the the concept of pulling away and seeing earth as that tiny blue speck and think about how ludicrous of course all of our problems you know that we create down here are and and various versions of that including what you've done here on zeros i wonder what we'll be saying about this era i guess 30 years from now when we look back on the art from this yeah it's it's interesting i feel like there's like a few different groups that always come out times like this there's like the sort of the kind of direct movement of like we are locked inside and then there's like that anti that they're like i can't fucking write about that <laughs> i i'm i'm sick of this like there's that, those two sort of thought bubbles that come into the art but obviously my you know the album's nothing to do with the pandemic really but like mm. in in the sense of like this time being one of isolation being one where we are faced with threats that I've been set up by our own structures, by the, by, you know, our, effectively by the best of our knowledge, you know, this, this time has come about through our own civilization and, and farming and, you know, what, whatever, in whatever, which way living in close proximity with animals. So we're faced with the challenge that is, you know, that, that question is the basis of what, what society is now. It's based off of, you know, selling goods and based off of, you know, a lot, a lot of the time, um, farming in close proximity and living in close proximity with animals. And that's just one small thing that like is being, is being threatened. That is our own sort of doing. And it's like a blip in this thing that's been fine for, for however long. And then I don't know. So I feel like that does kind of tie into the album in terms of questioning ourselves and like questioning, like, is the world we've created really good for us? Are we really do, or are we being good to the world? And it's right. like, so it does kind of tie in where it's like not exactly a self-made mess or some, although there's some people who think, believe it is, but like, like, you know, it's, it's something that is a, a product of uh, the modern society and the modern way of doing things. And, um, and I don't know that, that, that ties in with the fear of the future that was really, I was really pouring into the South. <laughs> what will we, what will we do to ourselves? Well, it, it's, it's that, uh, it's that crossroads of, you know, taking what you said there, but it's the crossroads of, of capitalism, of agriculture, of population. And then you throw in religion on top of that. Uh, the, you can't actually see what I'm saying. There's a book actually behind me called the, called the Story of Bee by Daniel Quinn that actually deals with a lot of that. It talks about population, how we came to be an agriculture society that went capitalistic and all that. And, but, and, and, and much like that book, the moment when you throw religion in there, you, of course, throw in, it becomes what about... Um, psychology and sociology i'm trying not to get too heady here but but I, I found that really interesting from right from the beginning from you better believe like that's what this character I, I guess daniel right that's what this character is sort of dealt with like what is that what is that crossroads that you're painting here between faith religion 
and right. him building a rocket ship, you know? <clears throat> well, I suppose the thing that, the kind of core theme that you better believe is like, I think looking at how I and many people my age um, right now, obviously there's different time frames where there's sort of similar things going on in the 60s or whatever, but like right now, I and my generation have, you know, are furthering a point of like rejecting things that we're told to believe or rejecting social structures or societal norms. So that means kind of, you know, questioning the stuff that's at the core of what makes our society or what, what has kind of made society run. Whether that is the idea of a nation, whether that's the idea of a religion or the idea of money, you know, these are all ideas that one can believe or not. But generally speaking, these things could, you know, you can say they come from the human mind and we apply value to them. Um, and I think that's what you better believe is, is like, because, you, you know, there's the start of the album, you're kind of thrust into you better believe. And it's like you are thrust into this world where it is quite forceful. And it's like, that's how the song is. It's like you're going to get yourself killed if you don't do the right things or whatever. And it's, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the, the, the place you're thrust into. And that's kind of the world for many people but there's a big movement of rejecting that and i think maybe the album one way of looking at it is telling the story of you know being thrust into a world where you are told all these things to believe rather than taking back taking a step back and looking at it for yourself and um what it can lead to because sometimes you know being forced to believe one thing can lead you to believing something else that isn't necessarily helpful you know you can you can it's constantly we're constantly pushing each other away with by our sort of forceful nature and by our sort of controlling nature as a as a you know as a race of people at least you know that's what can be seen in many in many cases i think with a lot of young people around the world with on the internet especially there's just so much stuff uh, right and it's very intense so much stuff very eloquent here but um but I think yeah, when it's that big, that's what you have to say. You just have so much stuff. So much yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, especially right now, there's so much stuff. Every day you're like, oh, more stuff, really? It's like part of you is like, this is getting really juicy now. And part of you is like, ah, what are we doing? I'm really full of existential dread right now. Like, well, I, yeah. I do love within the songs, you know, kind of pulling that back into the record here. I love, you know, from what you said right there about, you know, you're going to get yourself killed, that the character doubles down, throws it back at him and says, I'll do this or die trying. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, the, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I, I always imagined being an astronaut as like the second song on the album as being like, would, would, I would have like the first moment, which kind of gives a bit of an idea of how the world is now. And then being an astronaut is almost like a little throwback and it's like, do you remember you had dreams that were away from, you know, this, this, this stuff you better believe, uh, you know? Um, and I kind of always imagined it in that way. That was one of the kind of parts of the record that was genuinely like, you know, kind of ingrained in the concept from the start and that kind of forced it to kind of have this, at least a dream or a glimmer of space. And there's, maybe a little bit more than a glimmer of space on the album now. Um, but yeah, I always kind of imagined it that way. Well, you've, you've even referenced, and I think another interview or maybe multiple interviews, but you know, a little bit of a, a major Tom thing going on here and even major Tom himself, that story has very little to do 
with the time spent in space. It's it's more of the destruction of a character, you know, and that's yeah. I guess that's what and I that, get from here. It, yeah, that's it. It's like you know, becoming so far away from reality or becoming so far away from you know uh, society, and it can be very freeing, but it can also destroy you. You know, lo losing um, losing sense of community losing or finding a sense of community in something damaging or yeah all these all these themes that come into music so often are really grounded more in you know sometimes more grounded in reality than you know some of the more direct and earnest songwriting you know sometimes you need to kind of go take things out of context to really show the severity of the situation and i think Move, moves on almost to like the sort of environmental aspect of the album which is kind of you know the it's like the, the sort of black hole that kind of is implied in Sagittarius A stars like sucking everyone in and it's like you know sometimes you need to put something in that light you know to to portray something a little bit more simple that people don't necessarily pay, pay so much attention to now, I'm really glad that you sort of found a way to tackle the environment in here. That's one of my big passions. I know it's one of yours, too. Having it in the conversation, the global conversation uh, in the past year has been really promising. Whether or not we see the changes, I think we have to make some administrative changes around here in our country first to, to make that happen. But, but I know that's not an easy topic to tackle as a songwriter, too. I mean, uh, you know, there have been bad songs. <laughs> about the environment and there have been a handful of really good songs and the way you kind of slip that in there is yeah it can be a cringeworthy thing to go about and that's kind of the thing for me was like i am a pretty hardline environmentalist like me and my whole family went vegan at the same time we we're all just like we we're all just like you know when it got onto this big wave of um of environmentalism kind of through that and and kind of through a few other things anyway but um you know that is a, a big important thing you know i try and play a role in like the extinction rebellion protests and stuff in london when they've happened and things like that like it is so important to me but it's also you know i love pop music and you know i i don't want i don't want the songs to bore anyone and i don't want to you know be over explaining you know the simplest way possible to get the message across i think is for me the way i music musically go about things i remember my one of my best friend from school <laughs> James, he he um he said to me once, which kind of ties into this. He said to me quite recently, actually, because I, I I was just like, man, it's been such a busy time, like blah blah blah, like doing all of this. I was like, things are going really well, but it's like pretty hard work. He was like, you know, it's funny, man. Like back in school when you were like starting out, like you could have been a bit like Billy Bragg, but you turned into like a teen sex symbol. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, there's a little nugget of truth to that. I wouldn't have quite put it in those words, but like. You know, you know, it's it's kind of environmentalism in a slightly more fun way, or like you know, the political aspects have come about in a less, you know, serious and overt way, and sometimes they just you know sound like fun, silly songs, and that's kind of the half the fun. And 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 while we're talking about that fun, you know, I, I don't want to pass over the musical side of this too because it's epic. I mean, what you're doing is epic here. You know, hearing that first off, like a song like "Be an Astronaut," you know basically almost came you know formed uh you know from the ether from the gods at 30 minutes on a piano as you've talked about yeah, but i yeah. i'm also curious about you know then you take these 
to Nashville, to a Nashville studio. And I, and I specifically point out that it's Nashville because I, you know, I'm, I'm right up the road. I'm two hours from Nashville. And I know the work ethic in those studios is different because it's work. I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the mentality in a Nashville studio is to work quickly. It's business mm. almost. What yeah. was it like going from the environment of those first records where it's really you having the control bedroom, et cetera, et cetera, to an mm. environment like this and still being able to produce something this big? Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing was, it's a, it's a little more nuanced, I guess, like, because, you know, I, a few years ago, I would do stuff at home or like, I, you know, I recorded Brazil with my friend Max at his university, but then started working with James Ford on the first album. And that was interesting, like going into a studio, but like going to Nashville and working with Jay, who produced the album, Jay Joyce, was just such, it was a really rewarding process. Like it, it was quick, it was fast paced. So we did it in about, recorded everything about five weeks. Um, and the band were there for three weeks. And we did basically a song a day. We did the, the core, you know, live take of it. And then I sort of expanded in the, in the following weeks. But like, I don't know, it was fast in a really positive way. Because like, when you go into working in proper studios from recording in your bedroom, like stuff takes so much time. Or like, you know, the, the thing was, we were recording at Jay's studio. Like it was, it's his place that, it's just like a renovated church that's just amazing this huge room and like anything I wanted to play as soon as I said I wanted to play it like one of the engineers had it set up for me so it was like as close as you could get to recording in, in your bedroom but just with a fucking like big shot producer and you know just like this amazing and it was so nice because we, we there was moments for everyone to have a creative spin and it was like you know Jay would be there for a while and it sometimes he'd want to go on a tangent for one of his ideas but like sometimes he would literally we would do the live take with me and the band and he would just he would be like right you guys know what you're doing and he would just like leave us to it for a few hours and that's actually like was kind of beautiful because being in the studio sometimes you are just a bit like ah oh, do i have to do I have to make sure everything's okay with the producer like you know but like there was just a good level of trust where we could all kind of let each other carry out our ideas and um it was very quick process and but like i wanted it to be that i wanted it to be raw I wanted to, you know, digitally mess with things and have, you know, have it not just be a straightforward rock and roll band record, but like um, it was about capturing those special moments and the, the rawness of the performances. And I think that's what working out there allowed us to do. Felt very free. We weren't tied to anything that we were normally in London. It was just like we were either in the studio or just chilling with, with our friends in Nashville, of which we have actually quite a few now. So, yeah, it was a really, really great time and like the band really really enjoyed it like you know um they hadn't really worked on a record before so it was quite a new experience for all of them but yeah i i i found it really inspiring and inspired sort of way of working there and you know jay joyce is an epic producer like mm -hmm. really really awesome guy and the whole team he has there as well the the engineers are like super great and just like you know being able to work at that intensity and it be so fun is like so great because you just don't lose the energy for the songs like when i'm you know when i'm coming up with ideas for songs it's like i've got to get it down now and it's like that's that's how it was and that's i don't know i didn't want to be too meticulous with this record ultimately because i you know i don't think metic meticulousness often takes away what's good about um the recordings and so yeah but anyway to <laughs> to resolve that rambling I, I i had a really good time and um yeah, it was like not like working in the the Nashville pop machine factory, but it was like 
it was it was still intense and but just really really fun and you know I was able to sort of carry out my ideas and it was just this big mm-hmm. constant hive mind of passing on ideas and it was great it was super fun well you can hear the fun you can hear the fun all throughout the record uh, uh but again i mean the, the, even the serious moments you know the, those big grands I and mean, their movements in these songs i mean again i'll end this interview like i started just by telling you how great this record is it's not a given you know it's not a given that you're going to have that situation in a studio like that especially so to, to hear the way this all turned out man uh congratulations on this thank you so much no problem. No, I, pre- I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Declan, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it today, too, man. It's so good to meet you on here. And uh, is the stage show, I mean, once this eventually hits the road somewhere in the next 10 to 20 years, I mean, do you, is the stage show going to take on the theatrics of the record? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, well, the first thing we're doing is we've got, we've got a live stream gig going out on the 4th of September that people can watch live around the world or within a sort of 48 per hour, 24 hour period, maybe um, on the 4th of September, the day the album's out. So that's going to be like kind of a curated art directed show. You know, it's going to be um, sort of not just like a band on stage with cameras. It's like, we're going to kind of have, have the, have it, you know, travel and, um, I'm working with Will, who's directed the music videos on it. So um, it's going to be really, really cool. So that that's that's kind of the immediate thing where it's like we are trying to tie in a lot of the ideas of the record. And then, yeah, next year, uh, we, we're supposed to be on tour from, from March. Um, so, I mean, we're going to get out to the States as soon as we possibly can. I don't know when that's going to be. But over here, we're planning um, to, to get out in March. And, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I just want to keep keep up in the ante with the shows i think the band is sounding better than ever we're just i'm just out the studio now that where we've been rehearsing and um you know it's been really really cool as you know we've all learned a lot i think from that process in nashville and um hopefully next year yeah choreographed stage show theater production all of it i'm i'm definitely ready to tackle some cool some cool stuff so um yeah We'll see. Cool. Declan, uh, I'll be watching that. I'll be looking forward to it. And whenever you get over here, I'll be there as well. Thanks again for taking the time to talk about it. Congratulations no on Zero. And uh, we'll see you around, man. Yeah, lovely to talk to you, Carl. Thank you so much. My thanks, Declan McKenna. The new record is called Zeros. Again, if you can uh, want to catch the visual version of this uh, of this interview, you can find it on YouTube under Kyle Meredith with. So thanks to Declan. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Before you get out, please do hit that subscribe button. Again, you can find us at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you like to get your favorite podcasts from. Uh, Kyle Meredith with Hit Subscribe will bring you three new interviews every single week. And after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, WFPK.org, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Lior Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. 
speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org, from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.